Hello. My name is Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information about this and other projects, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. That's www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found at Thoughtjar Productions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to this program on iTunes and on Spotify, and please tell your friends about this show. And now, for this week's episode... Hello everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. My name is Stephen Platt, thank you very much for listening to this episode. This week, we are reviewing Spider-Man, 2002's Spider-Man, in honour of its 15th anniversary of release, and also the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming, which is being released uh, in the next week. Joining me to discuss Spider-Man, we have one person who has seen it, and one person who has not. Our person who has seen it is Scott McArdle. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, just tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Scott McArdle. Um, I'm a freelance artist and publicist in Perth. I'm a writer-director who's studied at uh, Murdoch and Whopper, and I am a huge, huge comic book fan. Excellent. And joining us as our person who hasn't seen Spider-Man is Katrina Johnson. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for bringing me on. No worries. And uh, just let the folks at home know a little bit about who you are and what uh, you do. Well, I'm a student of lighting at WAPA uh, with, with Scott, all the different courses. I'm also an English and drama teacher, high school level. Um, yeah, I think... That's it. <laughs> that's plenty. No, that's that's plenty. So, uh, Spider-Man, released 15 years ago. Uh, Katrina, we're going to start with you. Mm. Uh, you haven't seen the film. No, I haven't. Although I think I've probably seen, like, uh, you know, five minutes here and there, or at most, um, when it's pop- cropped up on TV and things like that. That's so, fair. No. Uh, but what are your expectations of, of this film, or what have you heard about it? Um... I don't think I've actually heard anything, but my expectations are I'm going to be going, Toby Maguire, why are you making that face? Toby Maguire, just get rid of your face, please. You're not a fan <laughs> of Toby Maguire, I'm picking up. I, I just... Oh, it, it, is, it is one of those things where um, he's one of those people for me that make you realise that you're a terrible person because there is no reason why I shouldn't like him, but his face irritates me. Guys, Seabiscuit was a masterpiece. Okay, well, yes, uh, obviously, Scott, you've got less problems with Tobey Maguire's face. And uh, what are your memories of uh, this this first Spider-Man film in a sort of non-spoilery kind of way? Um, So this came out when I was nine. Uh, I probably saw this movie when I was about 13. Um, uh, And I really really like it. Uh, I think this movie uh, pays homage to to a lot of moments uh, from the comic books, um, which we can talk about uh, when, the, when the movie, after we've watched the movie. Um, that, that really made me really giddy seeing those come to life in front of me because um, I was a huge, huge Spider-Man kid as a uh, fan as a kid. Um, and I think the only like, superhero movies around this time were this and X-Men, and I wasn't mm. as much of a big X-Men fan. Mm. Um, so it was like huge to see these things on screen whereas now it's super common um yeah 
that's yeah. going to be the interesting thing because, like, I am a little bit of a comic book fan. Um, not as much, I think, as you, Scott, or you, Stephen. Although you're not even really much of a comic book fan, are you? No, Stephen? not particularly. No. But um, but I like the films. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm a little bit of a comic book fan, but, you know, I'm very... Spider-Man was not my comic book. Even when I went through my phase of reading comic books and actually, you know, spending my hard-earned Macca's money at comic at a comic book store with the two that we have in Perth or whatever, however long ago. They're really good. Shout out to Quality Comics. Yeah, they were really good. Can I good. do that? Am I yeah. allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it, you can do that every week if they want to pay us, but yeah. That would be awesome. Um but yeah, they were really good, but I never really went for Spider-Man. It was mm. X-Men. X-Men were my, were my thing, I think, because they had the variety, um, whereas Spider-Man's just Spider-Man. Mm. No, no, that's that's perfectly yeah. fair. And I think it will be interesting um, looking at this film as, as kind of the start of this uh, comic book film adaption renaissance, essentially. Mm. You know, I mean... Era, almost. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people tend to look at the start of the... Um, marvel cinematic universe proper with things like the first iron man film and captain america is when the genre really started to come into its own but Mm. i think um spider-man in particular is a really important film in uh setting it up for for those later films i remember this being tight being like really good for its age um and so i'm just kind of hoping that it holds up i've watched spider-man 2 a lot because i really love that one um but i even just watching this, the like the little cinematic before the movie starts, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is pretty good. This is 2002 Spider-Man's all right. So shall we jump into it? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, Sorry. ladies and gentlemen, uh, prepare your web slingers at home. Uh, mechanic, not organic. That's that's what that's the way we go. Mechanical, not organic. Oh, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's it's organic in this. Oh, I know it's what organic it? in this, but I I thought the official uh, ruling from the fandom was that they need to be mechanical. Oh. I get really conflicted. Really? Um, we'll talk about that afterwards. Okay. We'll talk about web slinging after. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, prepare your web slingers, mechanical or organic, and uh, put the DVD in or watch it. However, you're going to watch it and join us as we review Spider Man. Hey everybody, welcome back. We've just finished watching Spider-Man from 2002. I'm joined again by Scott. Hello. And Katrina. Hello. So guys, initial thoughts. What did we think of Spider-Man? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you feel this as a, as a newbie. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have fun watching it. Um, but yeah, still hate Tobey Maguire. Still, that didn't didn't that. swing for you. Well, it, it softened my opinion slightly mm-hmm. uh, towards him, but no, still hate him. I okay. find him irritating. And as a first time viewer of of what is, as we were saying beforehand, a very early superhero mm. film, um, h- how does it stand up generally? Um, I find it interesting. It's a lot more. I think Scott, you were saying before we watched it, it's quite true to the comics, at least in in essence. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, for me, it doesn't hold up as well as I remembered it holding up. Um, and that's okay. Um, all our childhood heroes die. Um, We've destroyed someday. your childhood. Uh, no, but I... Um, it, it's true to, to, like, a feel. It has yeah. this feel that is Spider-Man. Um, but for me, they, they wildly really, really mess up 
um, dialogue and and character in it. And it's a shame because there is a lot of dialogue in this film. This film is a lot more talk heavy than I remember it's it. It's so expositional, the dialogue as mm. well. It's, it's just not conversation as well. It's yeah. just like really big bits of emotional baggage that all of these angsty people... It's like, it's like it really feels post 9-11. It mm. feels like a 2002 movie in that everyone's really sad in New we, York. Which would have been interesting because like... You know, it was released in 2002, so yes, it may have been filmed during 2001, but it would have been written before then, hmm. before 9-11. Yeah. yeah, the majority of the film was shot pre-9-11, uh, uh, because of course there's the famous bit of uh, trivia about this film, that there was a sequence involving the, the Twin Towers, where Spider-Man <laughs> catches uh, some villains in a helicopter. Yeah. So you see this helicopter making a getaway, and then it suddenly stops, and it's caught in webbing that was between the two towers. Oh, wow. And obviously, post-9-11, um, they had to go, okay, we can't use that now. So that got taken out. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it is interesting. There, there is a kind of moroseness at the centre of this film. But mm. it, it's interesting, because obviously, as a, as a fan of the Spider-Man comics, you were remarking throughout the film, Scott, that... Um, it's not funny enough. Like, this no. Spider-Man is not really enjoying it enough. No, and I, I don't think any Spider-Man has until Tom Holland pending, like, I'm just going to knock on wood. Um, uh, in Civil War, he, he's quippy. Um, Spider-Man, for me, is, like, 80 to 90% jokes yeah. uh, happening around. It's really funny. You giggle ju- as you read judging it. judging from the trailers, I think that will be... I think totally. it will live up mm. to that. And then it's, like... 10, 20% really gut punch. I think that's become common of a lot of the Marvel films. Like, you look at Iron Man, for example, and I know the Iron Man character, Tony Stark, he is a very jokey thing. But he is very sarcastic. But yes, he. Not originally. Oh, really? Not in the comics originally. So they base Iron Man now off Robert Downey Jr.'s version Mm. in the comics, which Mm. is so interesting Mm. because. Now, because Marvel realised good writing is, is humour in, in film yeah. in a way. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's that's certainly interesting. But it, And it's... I mean, watching the film and look, looking at it, um, it, it's still a good film. There's still mm. a good film yeah, in there. It, totally. it, it does feel a bit long, though. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a two-hour film, almost. Um, and it feels like maybe you could cut it down to 90 minutes and you wouldn't lose a whole a whole lot from the film mm. yeah look there are little scenes here and there that i even forgot existed like goblin kidnapping spider-man to have a chat in a rooftop yeah goblin attacking aunt may and then he attacks um mary jane and you're kind of like well get rid of the aunt may bit let's just trim the fat here a yeah. little bit mm. um let's make it like a comic where we have to we have an issue let's mm. let's push things into it yeah because i guess really maybe the aunt may thing was only put in so uh, Mary Jane and Peter Parker could have that conversation, but really they could have had that conversation anywhere. Totally, mm. they totally. Could oh, just you like, get that already. Yeah, the it's conversation the where they're starting to recognise the feelings they have yeah. for each other. Yeah. Um, mm. Although, although through the guise of this uh, this mysterious stranger who keeps saving her in in Spider Man. Okay, so so this is the thing I really want to get out of you, Scott, because obviously you, you're a big fan of Spider Man. I'm wearing, I'm wearing in, my Spider Man jacket. Yes. In terms of um, adaptions of Spider Man. Mm. Where does this version, this Tobey Maguire first film version of Spider-Man, sit in the in the pantheon of spiders? Uh, are we are we including Civil War? Uh, yes, it, okay. it, basically everything up to Homecoming. Okay, cool. Um, uh, all right, so I'm going to include the musical as well. I'm yep. going to include Turn oh Off the God. Dark. Please do. Um, and the '70s TV show. Uh, 
Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay. So I'm going to keep that out of there. Great I'll, theme I'll keep tune. live action and okay. animated separate for now. Okay. Um, and comics separate. In terms of the live action stuff that people know, um, these three Tobey Maguire ones sit, I feel, towards the top. Hmm. I feel like they just, um, just kind of get ahead of Andrew Garfield because um, there's just something a little bit... Uh, not on point with the atmosphere or the location or the setting. Like they, they nail with Andrew Garfield. They nail Peter Parker. Mm. There's this bit where he's skateboarding um, and doing his powers, and it just feels like Peter Parker. He feels very Pete, um, and and his mannerisms feel very Pete. Um, and and um, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy is mm. is yeah. irreplaceable. Uh, but this Spider Man feels like the the 90s early 2000s amazing spider-man comics to me this feels like the same new york this feels like they've really really tapped into that and brought that comic to life whereas um the amazing spider-man movies kind of feel more like a video game brought to life in a way at times okay whereas i feel like tom holland's spider-man is the best spider-man we've seen i feel he's very young um, which is great. That's the new one, isn't the it? The new one, yep. Yeah. The new Spider-Man from Civil War. Which is great because I feel like his high school era, but the one bit in Spider-Man comics that I really dislike is high school era Spidey because it's like 1960s high school. Mm. It's like really like you can't connect to it. It's yeah. not like high school as we know it. Um, it is like jocks and nerds and very stereotypical he wears a bow tie to science class i right. think that's potentially though more we don't we don't relate to it as much because it's american more than 1960s totally totally but i also feel like there is a there is a time gap in there as well but yeah. um this tom holland his high school era is our high school era same as mm. andrew garfield's a little bit when they kept him there mm. um and i feel like that's really great because i feel like young people can really um, connect to Spider-Man, whereas now I, I connect to, to University Era Spider-Man, and that right. was a little bit more modern in the in the in the comics uh, there. So I kind of rank it like tentatively. Bear with me for another week. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland, best Spider-Man so far. Mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire trilogy, mm-hmm. um, which you've got to look at them all. You yeah. got to look. You have to take the third one, but you also get the second one. But it's Tobey Maguire. But it balances. Mm. I mean, and he, then you he, get Andrew Garfield. I mean, there is a really great supporting cast in this film. Um, totally, a very young James Franco is doing a very good job. I think he is. I think a lot of the supporting cast. Yes, I agree. Mm. Very good, and not used well. Yeah. No, I. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's interesting where you've got this this sort of Harry, Ron, and Hermione thing going on between Peter Shit, Parker, yeah. MJ, and Harry, um, and you've got Kirsten Dunst who's doing a good job i i think she's doing a good job yeah I think she but is. uh as you were saying when we were watching Bad it dialogue. it's not great dialogue and it's it's not a traditionally strong mj that you get in the comics yeah she's she's almost irrecognizable as mj mm. um she oh she feels a little bit more gwen stacy See, to me. That, that's the interesting thing because obviously i'm coming from i haven't read many of the spider-man mm. comics it's, for me, that's what we see on film is quintessential Mary Jane. Oh. She's she is the damsel to be rescued. No, she isn't. There isn't much to her. Oh, no, the amount of times she's yeah. elbowed like vulture in the face. <laughs> MJ for me, it's so interesting because she's like girl next door. Yeah, but she's tough as nails. She's always been tough as nails. Um, she always like gets herself out of trouble. 
um, like Spider-Man's around um, and she gets kidnapped because of him, but she she does her own side of things. Mm. There's a reason why they get married. There's a reason why he tells her his identity. Um, they're, a, they're a couple and they really are a great couple in the sense of they trust each other. They can rely mm. on each other, and and she balances his his weak points at times. Oh, um, I feel I feel sad that they've lost that. Then she's so confident in the in the comics. Even if physically he's stronger than her and has to save her from supervillains, her confidence outbalances his mm. social anxiety and his awkwardness. Um, she's a model. She's a movie actress. Um, Tony Stark falls in love with her at one point. Like she is confident and powerful. Mm. The first time we meet her. You've just hit the jackpot, Tiger. Smash cut, end of comic. First time we see her, she's strong, strong stance. Wow. Although I find it interesting that this character, this female character that you've said is so strong, but yet she's, she's, she goes and does the quintessential, well, not quintessential, but very, she, she goes and becomes a model and an actress and things like that. And I'm like, that's. Hey, own your body, own your sexuality, which she does. Yeah. She 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 is this uh, femme fatale kind of yeah. character, and it is an earlier time. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is the the eighties and nineties. Um, but she, and she owns her sexuality. Mm. Um, there's a there's a great frame that comes to mind when her and her and I'm I'm having a little detour here. That's the, by all means. There's, That's a, the, there's a web swing down that alley. There's a great, um, great comic that I remember. Peter and MJ are on separation. They're having a separation. Mm. They're living in different cities. She's in LA. He's in New York. Um, and they just keep missing each other. And it's like typical Parker luck. But um, he get, he gets beaten in a fight. And he 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 kind of is like lying on a rooftop. And he looks up and there's this billboard. And it's a billboard for a movie she's in. And a giant sexy man in a lobster costume is holding her in a bikini. <laughs> and his comment is just like, yeah. F you too, man. <laughs> it's just this, like, even Peter is like, everyone thinks my wife is, like, like sexy. They, they kind of acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But then when we see her, she's just, like, the real MJ is, like, in her pajamas, waking up late, running late for stuff. Typical Parker, like, she's so similar to him. Yeah. They're peas in a pod. They're both, like, late on their wedding day. Except except um, the only difference is she isn't the one that's bitten by the radioactive spider or whatever. No, but, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting. I mean... They... Actually, speaking of the spider, I was surprised how little time they spent on the transformation. Well, I mean, it, this, this film does do some interesting... Um... Uh, choices in trend in like showing the passage of time because yeah. i mean th- this film does take place over quite a significant yeah, amount of it, it time seemed, seems a year like, or two yeah yeah more um, closer to maybe even three years yeah and, and also like i mean you know it, it looking at the special effects they had at the time um maybe they made a choice not to show like uh, that that transformation because it's it's almost like they not almost as spent they almost spent more time i think on his transformation, like getting bitten by the spider and everything, mm. they spent more time on him figuring out his costume. But that—that's part of the transformation. Yeah, that, that's part yeah, of totally. it. I do feel as though there is a big thing in mm. Spider-Man of like allegories to going through puberty. Yeah, and there's just so many things in this film where it's you know. I, I have a feeling where writers have have made that connection. Mm. Oh, yeah. totally. I mean, yeah. it's it's you you can't. Yeah. 
read or watch Spider-Man without mm. making them into puberty. Yeah. It, it is He's finding hair in it. places where it wasn't before, although this he's time got it's muscles, on his thumb. He's discovering yeah. his body. Yeah. He's, he's got shooting. He's got all this weird <laughs> liquid <laughs> shooting oh. out. Let's body. let's like <laughs> Yeah, I I know, but oh man. Yeah. But it, but, it, but but it is interesting that I think I think the the physical transformation in this film happens in mm. like a fever dream. He gets bit 12 hours later, you yeah. know, boom, he's Spider-Man physically. <laughs> Which is, I think, <laughs> yeah. what a lot of teenagers wish puberty was. Yeah. It yeah. was done over but in one night. He spends pretty much the majority of this film learning how to be Spider-Man, mm. essentially. He, he, he's learning what this new body is. And it's that whole thing of uh, Uncle Ben in the car saying, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. It's about learning what and, that responsibility is. Interesting yeah. looking at, if you look at puberty... Um, uh, and you you look at it's his body changes overnight, but his mind as he becomes an adult that's a longer process. It's harder. Your yeah. body may change, but that's not the biggest change in you. The biggest change is, yeah, is the, becoming a man. And we see we see some really good like early two thousands jocks. I think they, <laughs> they nailed them. You know they have the gel hair. They all listen to Smash Mouth. You can tell. Ah uh, yeah yeah they really do. It's it's it they I think they they nailed that aesthetic. Um, and similarly I think I, I don't know if a superhero film has had a better font. Um, like it that that font that says Spider Man it, it is it was it is iconically a Spider Man font. I yeah. think I have used it mm. at, at, for like an art project back in primary school or something like that. I feel like I have. Yeah, and I, I know that's a very small detail, but it, it, there's a lot of really small details which I think are done really mm. well. I think the costumes for the uh, Spider Man and for the Green Goblin are so well put together. Yeah, they're really really lovely looking although as i said as i said during watching the film i was quite surprised to see particularly when the spider-man costume and the green goblin costume are next to each other it does look like the spider-man costume is cgi whereas the green goblin looks like it's been made Mm. it looks like something straight out of uh a late power rangers tv show Mm. yeah the materials are so vastly different the materials between the two are so vastly Mm. different that they they kind of jar and i'm not sure in a in a good way like i like them separately yeah my it might be a case a simple case of um you know technology just hasn't aged particularly well i think it's also a case of the fact that we see a lot more of the spider-man character as a cgi character yeah flipping around yeah, new definitely. york city and also their movements are very different like the, mm. the spider-man suit is all about flexibility it's yeah. it's all about getting peter parker to be able to swing freely whereas the the green goblin outfit it's a, it's very, it's a it's soldier's very, suit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a quite, soldier suit. It's, it's quite very restrictive. Jarred, yeah. in a very lot of straight lines. It's hard. It's mm. hard edge. It's strong. Yeah. It's sturdy. Although, has a mask ever suited an actor better with Willem Dafoe playing? <laughs> Crazy the eyes yeah. make where, the mask Where does the mask stop and where does his face begin? It's <laughs> yeah. my big question. Seriously, though, that first scene where will Willem? Are we going Willem. with Willem? Willem. His name? Willem. Willem. We are going with his name. <laughs> okay. No, I just couldn't remember if it was William or Willem. Will, Willem Dafoe, B-grade horror actor, with his ex- facial expressions mm. in that transformation scene. That's I why I just started A laughing. Grade. That's why I just started laughing so hard mm. because it was. Yeah, and uh, I mean the thing with Willem Dafoe, I think he's he's great choice for Green Goblin from from a for, from yeah. a perspective of not having read too many of the comics. He's he's a great actor. He's a good villainous um, presence when he's the Goblin, but he's also very good as um, Mr. Osborne, as as the guy who's running the company. I... What he's better at, I think. I think he suits a businessman really well. And mm. when he's Norman Osborne, like when he's in the apartment on his phone mm. in the corner, it's a really small moment. 
And I'm, I believe it. I really believe it. I believe that he's he's a businessman. I agree that he is good for the role, but I also think he isn't used well. In in oh, all, like none of them are. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I think this is a film of lots of very good actors not used well. Yeah. Um, and I think there is just this inconsistency. Like I, I, I said during the film, it seems like a couple of the actors recognise that this is a comic book mm. film and some of, the, some of the others don't. And I think it's in that awkward period where no one knew what a comic book film yeah. was. The only yeah, really successful film at this point that had been a comic book film was the X-Men And I, f- I feel like the acting's similar in that. And it, it, it is interesting seeing that. And I, I do feel as though the, the more senior actors in this film do help carry it across. Uh, Cliff mm. Robertson's a really great Uncle Ben. Mm. Does a really good job there. Um, and Rosemary Harris' as Aunt May yeah, is, is, yeah. A, Superb. is a great Aunt May. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I think they do help it across yeah. the line in mm-hmm. that respect. There were some interesting choices for alternative actors to play Spider-Man on this um, oh, through gosh. the IMDb trivia trawl, um, because this project, this actual Spider-Man film project, had been kicking around since the eighties. Yeah, uh, and it got handed across to different studios when the studio that held it collapsed and things like that. So there were a few different versions of this. Um, at one point, James Cameron was attached to the project. And having just done Titanic, he wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play Spider-Man. Of course. Would you, how do you think a Leo Spider-Man would have gone, Scott? Would have gotten his bloody Academy Award earlier. Um, oh, I don't no, know. I think nah, I think... it, he I don't know. He doesn't strike me as like a Peter Parker type. He doesn't strike me as a superhero movie type. Oh, look, I reckon, I reckon that he could play a great Booster Gold. Um... Mm. Uh, it's oh, it's Brad Pitt who voices the the superhero in Megamind, isn't yes. it? That's I. I used to always get Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio mixed up. Mm. Um, no, nah, Leo, Leo, um, uh, Leo can stick can stick with his Shakespearean mm. modern ad- adaptations, and then fighting bears. Oh man, I rewatched that the other day. It's so good. Ad- Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, oh, that's around that the time. The Romeo and Juliet. I forgot yeah. about that. So good. Love so me, love good. me, say that you'll love me. Uh, one of the other actors who was tied uh, or potentially going to do it, Freddie Prinze Jr. Yes! I could see that. I could actually see That's an that. Eddie Brock. He's mm. an Eddie Brock. I'm sorry, that's Eddie Brock for me, Freddie Prince Jr. I think if Freddie Prince Jr. would, would be in it, we might we might have gotten more of that humour. Or, or Harry Osborne. He, he could make a really mm. great Harry Osborne, Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. Although, yeah, if... Mind you, that if we kept everyone the same, put Freddie Prince Jr. in there, it'd be a lot more confusing about which one's Peter Parker and which one's Harry Osborn because mm. they do have a very similar look. Yeah, yeah, I think... Um, look, I'm happy that uh, Freddie Prince Jr. decided to do Scooby-Doo instead. Yeah. Well, he was great as Fred. So. I loved him ah, as Fred. It's a James Gunn script, guys. Mm. Come on. It? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. It, James Gunn wrote that script. That's he did a big so post recently. It's why it's so good. Oh. I love it. We may have to review that one, though, actually. I've just remembered Rowan Atkinson was in that as well. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. that's, um, right. that's why, but that's also why um, Seth Green is in it because he's really good friends oh. with James Gunn. Because he's the duck, in, he's Howard the Duck in. Um, mm. Uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Mm. That's right. Uh, one one actor who really wanted to play the part and was petitioning to Cameron in the early 90s when oh Cameron gosh. was attached, and I'm not sure how this would have gone, Charlie Sheen. <gasps> oh! What a great Green Goblin, though. 
what a really great Green Goblin. But he wanted to be Spider-Man. Ima- oh, imagine, imagine if he like went, you know, all Apocalypse Now kind of style. Mm. Uh, Green Goblin. That oh, he that... and Willem Dafoe. I like yeah. group in my head as similar actors. Yeah, Spider Man. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're Mary Jane. Let's go, MJ. Winning. Yeah. Winning. <laughs> Mary Jane goes. You hit the jackpot, Tiger Blood. I think that would have been very different. Um, Stan Lee had an opinion, as as he does oh, yeah. when he was interviewed. And mm. um, was it to was it to steal all the money and then like leave everyone who was involved dying penniless in a gutter? This is uh, Scott McArdle, who's very much of the Jack Kirby fandom, as opposed to Stanley. Correct. Yes. Uh, Stanley, when he was interviewed, uh, said that he felt that a really good actor that could have played Spider-Man was John Cusack. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think he's kind of in the Freddie Prince Jr. vein, in a mm. way. But not as appropriate as someone like no. Freddie Prince Jr. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott, you've you've gone very stoic. I'm thinking, uh, not about not about John Cusack. I I dismiss John Cusack from most things. Um, uh, he needs to stay holding a boombox um, mm. outside a window, mm. um, in my opinion. Yeah, Stanley did also express that he would have loved to have played uh, J. Jonah Jameson, which um, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, yeah, I can I can kind of see it, but like. J.K. Simmons is J.K. spectacular. Is perfect. I thought he was in this film a lot more. Like I remember him being in this film a lot yeah. more than he is. He's in the second one a lot more. Yeah, because it's a lot more. Peter's grown up and doesn't, he's doing it for a job. Doesn't he even crop up as his character in uh, Watchmen? J.K. Simmons. I think so. I I seem to remember that character cropping up in Watchmen. Well, I mean that's not even DC and or Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and he's the one that gets um, what's his name. Inkblot, the Inkblot guys. Oh, Rorschach. Rorschach. Rorschach's journals. No, that's mm. a comic book store. That's like a that's like a bookstore that gets mm. it. Um, I you might possibly scene. be yeah. thinking of the fact that there's the comedian who looks a bit similar to what J.K. Simmons looks like with the cigar I'm, and the I'm hair. Gonna, I'm gonna check this. But yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I, he's great. J.K. Simmons is yes, really, is. really there's great. Like he's... a rumor, he might be coming back and playing the role for Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I think that would be. They've been kicking it I around. Think that would be a very good idea because I think. He is one of those characters that I was... Uh, one of those actors who I was saying... It looks like he's in on the joke that it's a comic book. And his dialogue is movies. actually really great. He is. The, it is. And he approaches it in such a great way. Mm. Um, that's... Yeah, I think the approach to dialogue is something that is missed by a lot of the actors mm. in in this film. Like, Tobey Maguire hit, misses the mark so many times. But with his dialogue. he can catch food on a tray really well. Yes, oh, he can. Fuck. Yeah. That that may be my favourite practical effect in a film. Mm. Like, the fact they just kept... Sh- they, 156 takes it took to get that. Wow. With all the, the stuff on the tray being quite sticky, so mm. that it would stick to the tray, and then the, the film is slightly sped up to yeah to yeah. make it look better. Um, but that still looks cool. It is that... I really enjoy the fact that that was a practical effect. Mm. You know what Tobey Maguire does really well as Spider-Man? He does anger. Angry Spidey is, like, so good. At the end, when Green Goblin's saying he's going to slowly kill MJ and Pete, something just clicks in Peter. Yeah. I really believe that anger. And there's a bit of that... There's a bit of that in Spider-Man 2. It's a great bit where he's holding the train yeah. back... It's a really great moment. Um, um, yeah. yeah, and I think you're right in that. But there aren't enough angry Spidey moments. But there shouldn't be. For... There shouldn't be. Yes. There should just be more humour. 
Yes, mm. I more, agree more with levity you. to, um, to contrast. Yeah, but the fact yeah. is, this is the film, this is the script they've got. Yeah, totally. And Toby, if Toby Maguire can only manage good Spidey, like believable emotional Spidey, when he's angry, then he's kind of useless for three quarters of the film then. Because mm. I did not believe him as sad Spidey. Or yeah. sad P- Peter Parker. I think he he like the whole every every single time he cried. I'm like, yep, they got some of the tear stick stuff out to make him no, cry. I believe it. I believe he can cry nah. on cue. Yeah, nah. I reckon. He, I reckon he has some really inner trauma that uh, he can really draw on, and he really goes to that Stanislavski place. Um, no, nah, it's all it's all actor's studio now, man. No way. No, nah, he's method. Um, That's where it came out of actor's studio method. No, nah, man. Um, I think in the second movie they balance the lack of quips with like sad, sad whistle Peter Parker mm. dumb like Peter Parker bad luck mm. moments, and that's like that's why the second movie is way tighter. So have we discussed yet about our theory about him being partially paralyzed but moving around the? Paralyzing, moving around. Yeah, his face the, the fact that b- bits of Tobey Maguire's face do appear to be acting independently, yeah. time of other bits of the face. And uh, joining us, just sorry, in the background, ooh, is uh, Miss Rihanna Hall. Hi. Rihanna, just while you're here, uh, do you have any thoughts on the first Spider-Man film? Uh, I liked all the jumping around. Excellent. <laughs> that, that's all we need. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, but in terms of people who aren't fans of Tobey Maguire's face, mm. uh, one of those people who apparently you're uh, yeah, connected yeah. with is James Franco. On the set, oh, really? James Franco joked about Tobey Maguire having frog-like features. <laughs> and Tobey Maguire was genuinely upset. Aww. And it created a friction between the two. And they um, they don't get along. Explains why he killed his dad. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And yeah, like Tobey Maguire spoke about it since the franchise concluded. And it's basically like... Yeah, James Franco and I don't get along. So I can imagine James Franco coming being a bit of a dick on Yeah, set. totally. Mm. Yeah. Um and James Franco, like yes, it's very young James Franco and I don't know what kind of uh film career he had before Spider-Man, but he is, he does not work very well in in this. I don't it feels like he's just there for an exposition point. And he's um, Yeah, he's not Harry Osborne for me is really cocky. Yeah, um, he doesn't come across as that, except maybe in the first scene. Yeah, yeah and it, it's very much the like he wants to impress his dad, but it's kind of like, does he? He's not sciencey. Let him do his thing. I don't know. Yeah, there's just something that jars a little bit, and I, I think it's yeah. the easy option: the son who wants to appease his dad. Yeah, and they they maybe could have dug a but little even, deeper. Even. Yes, that is an easy option in terms of a character trope, but mm. there is a lot... You can add nuance to that. I mean, you know, by adding nuance to that, they got three Iron Man films. Guys, it's it's Sam Raimi directed this. Mm. I um, don't know who that is. He did the like the Evil Dead franchise. Okay, I haven't um, seen it. Oh, God, God damn it. Well, when we get round to them, we'll have to get you back in. <laughs> He's just not nuanced yeah. at all. It's just super yeah. hammy and... and, yeah. and yeah. I love it. And and when we were watching it, we did, we did say there is a particular like Sam Raimi acting style where non you, you can you can see actors not really moving naturally. They're very much moving to their blocking. Yeah, um, and it's it's just very small things that just don't look quite natural. It's a great bit where um, after he's been bit by the spider, Peter goes up to his room and he like collapses just before his bed, 
And as the the camera goes over the bed to where Peter's on the floor, Peter like reaches up and it's like in his mind, you can kind of tell he's being like, "Must get blanket. It's cold tonight." And like gets the blanket, covers himself, and it's not like he's passed out on the floor. It's like he's just like, nah, "I'm just gonna sleep on the floor tonight." Yeah. So I don't, I don't like, I don't feel like sleeping in my bed tonight. <laughs> yeah, got got the spider sweats. I can't sleep in a bed. <laughs> spider sweats. It's like I wonder if that's sweats. anything like yeah, night sweats. Mm. It's like it's lying there going, "I really feel what menopausal women feel like now." Mm. Um, I really like the wrestling sequences from this film. Uh, the, the bit where um, Spider Morty, sorry, where Peter Parker, um, who is basically Morty from Rick and Morty at the start of the film, um, goes and decides like, oh, I want to get a car to impress MJ instead of just continuing to be nice and not a douche like... Um, like Flash Thompson. Yeah, Flash Thompson. Uh, Joe Man- Mangelio's character, who I the whole time was like, he looks like Joe Mangelio. And then in the end I was like... It is Joe Mangelio! <laughs> <laughs> um, but to, yeah, to get that money, he decides to go and join uh, a, a wrestling uh, circuit. Like a yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah. Um, Underground wrestling. I yeah. really like that sequence. That might be the best wrestling film made within this Spider-Man I film. Think, I think because it has... <laughs> it's like a real small <laughs> yeah. pool to pick from. Yeah. It was so good because it was like, we're in a comic film book, like, comic book film world. that's what i mean yeah. world yeah. let's ham it up let's have mm. fun with this let's get macho man randy savage as yeah. the wrestler on steroids mm. bruce campbell. and bruce campbell is the ring announcer oh, yeah. so good uh really great some really great cameos in this film at uh, macy yeah. gray um oh, being macy gray uh singing at the, the world's fair thing yeah uh Although, lucy lawless yeah, the, yeah, I miss. I, so I didn't realize she was in there until you mentioned it. And she now, was the and punk now rocker. I wanna, yeah, yeah. Now uh, I want to go it? back. Eight and... hands yeah. comment. Is that her comment? Uh, oh yes, I think I think that oh, is. She her. talks about eight hands. Like that's kind of hot. Or yeah, something. yeah, I believe Love that it. is her. Uh, the actor who played Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man TV series, Nicholas Hammond is also at the World Unity Festival. Um, so he got brought back in, which is kind of cool. cool. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Stan Lee as one of the people. Yeah. at the festival going ah. grabbing the little girl yeah, yeah. um yeah, saving someone one cameo that we didn't get which re- reportedly we could have got was hugh jackman yeah really? i heard about that yeah, yeah that, that talks broke up yeah hugh jackman was supposed to have the brief cameo as wolverine and he actually showed up to new york to film the scene but the entire plan was scrapped when the crew couldn't get access to the wolverine costume from the x-men film so yeah just put him in a leather jacket and a wife beater. You're done. You're not wrong. Mm, but yeah, and do so, the hair. But yeah, some great cameos. Um, and yeah, I, I felt um, the wrestling sequences were really well shot. Um, and then obviously from that, we get the tragic backstory incoming of mm. uh, he lets the robber get away and the robber just shoot, happens to shoot Uncle Ben out in the street. Um, then he lets the robber die. Yeah, well, the, the robber, that robber tripped over a pipe. Yeah, that was yeah. in it, no it way feel, It Spider-Man's feels very fault. much like a Star Wars who shot first. Yeah, hashtag yeah. he had a gun. Yeah. Like, um, I, I feel like in 10 years, they're going to... Um, People are going to find, oh, you know, there's a an ulterior editing where you see a pool of blood, so you know that the robber's dead or something like that. I don't think anyone like cares that. about the robber yeah. in the movie. Yeah, him and his uh, blonde highlights are <laughs> oh, God. well out the way within the first it's hour. the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Oh, <laughs> serious? Yeah, I was like, he kind of does look like all the jocks that beat him mm. up in high school. It's so interesting with superhero movies these days. Um, where we quickly get an origin story because we're so used to origin stories and we're a bit over it now, mm. that this one takes its time because it's one of the first that we ever we ever see. And it's... it's look, this is... This this and Batman's one, these are the, the Bible 
story, our cre- the creation story of origin stories. This is yeah. our creation superhero myth, mm. the the tragic dead shooting. I mean, this is as origin story strong as you get. When you when you when you say to someone origin story of superhero, they think of of this and not like of Superman's one and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 tight and it's really good and I think this really set the standard and now we have like, oh, we don't have to see another Uncle Ben die, which we're not seeing because we've already got our Spidey. He's already cemented. He's yeah, already powered. He, mm-hmm. There's not really as much of an origin story in this one, which is great. And I think it's so interesting that now we know. We just know. We just like, oh, his Uncle Ben probably died. <laughs> yeah. And we take that for granted now because of movies like this, um, in a way. Yeah, it's sort of acknowledging what has come before and saying totally. people don't need to see another Spider-Man yeah. origin story. They've had two. We and, have a shorthand. Yeah. And yeah. also, this is like, the new one's going to be the, the third yeah. reboot. Yeah we, yeah, we have a shorthand for, for how, where Spider-Man comes from, yeah. we assume. I think also, though... <sighs> I do agree with what you're saying about how we don't need the origin story anymore because we've got this. But I also think it's because our style of telling these comic book stories has progressed and has matured that we don't need these origin stories. We don't want them um, because otherwise we're getting the same kind of emotions. Like, you know, as we were talking before, I think, um, saying how, you know, it's about him trying to decide what is right and how and how to mentally grow up mm. we don't need that we want more complex questions like um what what happens when there are shades of gray like what yeah. the, the great power great yeah. responsibility look at civil war two two good men um go to war uh, who, go to war for each other over the idea of responsibility and culpability yeah. Um, which is the, a, a new interesting... Yeah, we don't want to keep hearing, like, yeah. you have a power, it's a responsibility for yeah. you. Like, we, we get it. We've, we've got a world so full of superheroes now. So yeah. the, the issue uh, that we touched on just before we watched the film of the uh, organic web shooters, mm. um, I wanted to get your, your, your reading on this, Scott, obviously, as a, as a fan, because originally the web shooters were mechanical, and then mm. for this film they were organic, and then after this film in the comics, my understanding is that they did change to having an organic uh, web shooter for a while, and now it's back to mechanical. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a whole variety of Spider-Mans these days, um, uh, which is really interesting. Um, in, the, in the comic books, after like 30, 40 years, um, there's, a, there's an issue where Spider-Man evolves in a way. It goes into the history of like the Spider-Man, how he wasn't the first. It's there's this African myth in a way. Um, that just makes me think of Buffy. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of Buffy-like in a really interesting way. And there are spider gods and spider beings from other dimensions. Um, and he, he nearly dies um, and cocoons himself. Uh, these spiders cocoon him under a bridge, and when he comes out, he has organic web shooters. He's different. He is he is the other, um, which is really interesting. They went down that track, which I think was a really good change. Um, web shooters, if you're one, mechanical ones, um, a great role that they play is that they represent um, one his genius intellect. Mm. Uh, I think what this movie says but doesn't show is how smart Peter Parker is. The, the dude is like Norman Osborn wanting to give him a job because he's that smart. He is a smart guy, um, and he makes these web shooters in his own fluid, which um, uh, Andrew Garfield does. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in Amazing Spider-Man. Um, uh, and they also represent a really great challenge. So 
Spider-Man can web up his, the, the, the standard goon, he can web up Shocker, stuff like that. But then comes along a villain who crushes them, and he's got to think. Mm. He's got to think. He can't just fight his way out. Um, it's like whenever Tony Stark's like gauntlets get broken, stuff like yeah. that. It represents a, a step up, a new challenge in the fight, um, rather than who's the strongest. It becomes who's the smartest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I th- I really like mechanic. I think mechanical web shooters are really great story device. I think are a really great story device. I agree with you because I also like what it says to the reader, and that's why I kind of like um, Batman in a sense. Mm. Uh, in that he, yes, he is very rich, and with like really in today's world, well, in any world, real world, money is a superpower. Yeah, totally. Um, but he also has intelligence. Uh, and that's how he becomes the crime fighter. Mm. And I do like the fact that, uh, um, yeah, Spider-Man does have that mechanical element to it, which does present other issues, but also shows the reader who, you know, could be anyone from a seven-year-old kid to a 50-year-old retired whatever, um, that anything anyone can be that superhero totally Mm. and it's just like i was looking into the history of wonder woman Mm. how wonder woman obviously in the new film she comes across with having these innate powers you know being the child of two gods practically um whereas i think in the original or at least in one version of her comic books uh they weren't they didn't have these supernatural powers she just became powerful because through her training through really hard work and that just particularly as a teacher that appeals to me so much Mm. i think uh it's interesting because the new spider-man um the tom holland one uh tony stark's given him this amazing suit um and he's starting with it and there's something like 72 different types of web (laughs) and in the trailer there's a great shot on this boat that he's on where he shoots a web down at a car um that's on this boat the villain's running at him and then it's like on a timer and yeah, it like explodes. it's a tripwire and it explodes on him. Mm. And I love that they're starting there because thus comes the pride. Thus comes everything coming easily. The hubris. And then strip him back, see yeah. what he can do on his own. And I think mm. um, giving the superhero all the tools at the start is mm. something that you couldn't do with an origin story-esque yeah. superhero. Yeah. Yeah, but you can do sense. now with yeah. the way that we're structuring it, which is so, so exciting because mm. there's... um. There's, there's great comics where Tony Stark is giving Spider-Man new suits, stuff like that. Mm. And then when Spider-Man turns against him in the Civil War comics, um, they go to fight and Tony uses the suit against him. Mm. And then when they meet up later, Spider-Man kicks his butt with the original costume and it's so satisfying. Excellent. Speaking of satisfying, um, I... I uh, it's not satisfying at all. It's a really bad transition. Uh, I just really wanted to touch on the, the the one thing I think I'll take away from this film, which is the phrase "broom her." Um, <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Norman Osborn when uh, when he's realised that Peter Parker is Spider Man and he's having an argument with Harry, his son, outside in the corridor, uh, having just met his new girlfriend, and gives him the uh, the timely uh, Trumpian advice of "Do what you got to do with her, and then broom her," and and it's just like. It's so harsh, but I've never heard the term broom her anywhere else. And I hope to never I, hear yeah. it again. It's, it's, I, ho- I hope to hear it at the end when um, Spider-Man jumped over the glider and yeah. he was like, like, I'll broom you! Come and broom! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's partly the delivery and it's mm. partly the, the, um, the use of the terminology. It's just, 
It's it, a great line. As I said, it is very Bugsy Malone. It is very like camp forties mm. mob stuff. <laughs> just see Sam Raimi sitting at home writing at his desk, being like, "What did he say?" He looks outside and sees his wife like sweep in the backyard. <laughs> Puma genius. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we've got a couple of bits of uh, trivia that we can uh, touch on, if you'd right, like, from right. the trivia troll. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the chief difficulties that Tobey Maguire experienced is the famous upside-down kissing scene uh, because his sinuses kept getting filled with water. <gasps> because The and rain. Yeah, the rain. The sexy rain. The sexy rain, kiss, which is a great a great kiss, and it's the iconic shot ah. from this film. <laughs> it's, it's really, really well put together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that did not look enjoyable at all. That that did not I like just, it. Was I just I just don't think like e- even if there were, even if the rain wasn't an issue for him, I can't imagine kissing someone upside down. And I know Scott, you tried to prove that prove to me that it wasn't uncomfortable, but I think it would just be weird. It's like you're making out with someone's chin. He's Spider Man, guys. No, that 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 is an excellent counter argument. Like I can't deny that. He's but, but but you're, you're right. It, I mean, it does look it 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 probably would be awkward in terms of feel but it looks great on film it does it, yeah it does and it I, mind you though i think i think what looks great about it is one the rain even though i have issues with kirsten dunst's costume in that rain i didn't share these issues oh <laughs> well of course you didn't scott <laughs> i love it she's great um no i think it would have been just as powerful in the exact same circumstance, if he wasn't hanging upside down, just the half reveal of mm. his face, like she's trying to have this connection, but you know, trying to. He's Spider Man. He's hung. He he's not a regular superhero. He's got to hang upside down. He's a spider. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the pose. Yeah. The upside. Yeah. Oh, it's I I just yeah. I question the logic. <laughs> True, but I think it also it, it it imbues MJ with a little bit of of power in that scene as well she, she enacts it yeah she's like i want to kiss you right now and he's like wait and she's like eh, eh, eh. i'll just do a little yeah. bit of the mask and there's trust there's trust there yeah and i think that's actually a really important part of establishing the relationship between spider-man and mj going into the second film which which gets yeah. played around with a lot more mm. and it's it's really interesting because in the in the comics she knows from before they meet she she we later find yeah, out, she out she actually saw him climb out because they're neighbors she mm. saw him climb out the freaking window one night um and she's known the whole time um but doesn't give it away and keeps the trust their relationship is built on on mutual trust um yeah which is which is uh, really, really beautiful. Mm. I mean, they're my, they're my OTP. I think you guys are reading a bit more into her than I, than I am capable. Oh, I, I, with, I'm with, reading into it more than most people do. Oh, <laughs> well, with, with, with this, with just this film, I, I think Kirsten Dunst did a great job with her. Oh, it's a with, horrible with what character. She had. Um, I don't think she is particularly empowered. No. I, I, she, she might as well be tied to a tr- train track. In a white dress. Might as well be straight out of melodrama. I don't know. Um, like, it, she's not empowered. Um, uh, I mean, there's a bit where he says, like, climb down. And she's like, I don't think I can do it. It's like, yeah, you can. You can, you can do it. You're MJ. Um, but it doesn't mean she's like that the whole time. Mm. She has a bit of a bit of control here in their relationship. Are you more talking mm. throughout this film or throughout the trilogy? Throughout this film. Oh. In this film. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets more empowered throughout the trilogy as it comes, but she gets tied up in the second one as well and used to yeah, I, 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 like, I don't like the character yeah, in it. It's not so much the actual, like when she gets in, when she's getting attacked by the different characters, it's just gen- in the, I, I just don't find her a very empowered character. No, I don't stuff. think any of us are saying that though. 
I don't no. think any of us are. It's I think in just that one moment, she has a little bit of power. Yeah. Mm, she- I, I would disagree. I Yeah. It, it, it certainly compared to like films that have come since, she does look a bit of a damp squib as a character, and totally. I, th- I I think that's um, that that is something that is actually quite surprising looking back on it, where mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, you you you're, you're to, not a great to me, you're not a great, uh, you don't have any agency. Yeah, that, totally. That's the thing. To, totally. to me, she and which is why I think I said earlier that I was so surprised that she, like in the comic books she's mm. very capable and things like that. To me, she reads as something straight out of well not quite straight out of the 70s or 60s, but as a female character that... She's the damsel in distress yeah. and, like, one step away from being um, a, a woman in refrigerators um, woman uh, in trope. Refriger- it's a comic book trope um, uh, that came from the notion of... There's an issue of... of do you mind if I explain this? Please do. Uh, I'm, I'm an, very curious. Uh, women in Refrigerators uh, is, a, is a feminist group that, that arose mm. in response to content of comic books. Mm. Um, and I, I love this group and I love everything um, it represents. Um, so there's an issue of uh, Green Lantern where Green Lantern comes home. His, his main villain has discovered his identity and he opens his fridge and his dead girlfriend is stuffed in his fridge. Oh my God. It's brutal. Mm. Um, and so Women in Refrigerators took their name from there but it's about any female character that dies in service of a man suffering trauma and then growth as a hero. And Mary Jane is a step away from that. If she dies for him mm. to, um, I mean, and, and Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy is a, is a woman in refrigerator yeah. um, dying for his growth. Um, uh, yeah. Would you say um, Rachel from the dark Knight is, is that another one where, um, she, she she gets killed by the Joker. But it's she, interesting because then you can't kill anyone that a hero knows. But she at least knows. has her own agency. Like she's fighting her own fight. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, there's and, that there's that bit where she fights where the Joker goes grab her and fights her. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting in the Spider-Man comics when Gwen Stacy dies. The next scene after that because they all think Spider-Man killed her and they mm. and he flees. He goes home and Mary Jane is there and they're friends and Mary Jane's heard about Gwen Stacy and he goes off he's just like get out of here like i don't want to see you she goes to leave the final like shot of that um bit is her the the standard damsel regular squib type character would just leave do Mm. what the man said Mm. she closes the door and stays inside and makes him confront it and then the final uh frame of that comic is her closing the door she takes her own power she's in charge she Mm. knows what's right and that's lacking in this movie in this character so much and in some ways it might if you injected that more into the character, we, we might be an avenue to address the other issue that you pointed out, that the, it is lacking in humour. Oh, totally. Because mm. imagine some of the conflicts that you could have gotten between a Spider-Man and a Mary Jane who had a bit more balls. Sass, mm. bit of sass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get a little bit of Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy in Amazing Spider-Man mm. with a bit of sass. Um but they were going to have uh, Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane in the Amazing Spider-Man ones. Um, and she's such a funny actress. She's such a sassy actress. And I really, really, really wanted a sassy MJ up against Andrew Garfield. I, I unfortunately have not seen Shailene Woodley in any sassy role. Oh, God. I really like her. I don't like her in... Div- I don't like Divergent. But um, uh, she did a great movie with George Clooney. Um uh, Descendants, which she's great. In. Oh yes, yeah, she was really, in that. She's really great in that. Yes, she was good in that. I yeah. lie. Yes. So, I think now is probably a good time to actually try and score the film. 
uh, not score it in the way Danny Elfman did, which was very good. And <laughs> only at one point did I think we were going to launch into This Is Halloween. Um, it was a really good soundtrack. It's true, you started singing that. This is Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man. Do, I did do, do, not realise that. I'm so yeah. terrible with music. I did not realise that yeah. you were but, referencing yeah. that. In, in terms of an overall uh, score for the film, and we'll start with you, Katrina, as the brand new viewer to this film, uh, scoring out of 10, recognising that scoring something on a numerical yes, basis yes, when it's yes. art is a fallacy, but even so... Um, what would you give this out of ten? I would give this, and we're, we're not we're not doing stars, are we? We're just doing just a, out of ten. You can, it can be out of ten this, anything. I would give this uh, six paralyzed Toby Maguire faces, mm-hmm. half paralyzed Toby Maguire faces, mm-hmm. um, just for the fact it is it was more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be, um, but it is, and it's hammy, fun hammy, but mm. also you can see that there's a lot of ham in there that is unintentional. Mm. Scott. I'm actually the same. I would give it six out of ten photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and I'm actually going to complete this trio because it's such a six out of ten film. It really is. For me, it's six uh, brooms do, out of ten. Do, um, we, but, by <laughs> any, do we by any chance have like the IMDb or the Rotten Tomatoes rating for it? Uh, 7.3, I believe, is the overall uh, score. Well, yeah, and that I think, is generous. I think yeah. it is. I mean, look, it's overall... It's enjoyable, mm. but not all of it's enjoyable. There's little bits mm. here and there which are doing the job, and the rest is bland. So in a way, this film is actually like Tobey Maguire's face, now I think yeah, about it. There's yeah. bits which are doing the job right, but <laughs> a lot of it is just like, what what is going on over there? <laughs> so um, there we go. That That is it for our review of Spider-Man. Uh, Scott, Katrina, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Stephen. And uh, for those of you listening at home, just a reminder that you can uh, follow the Cinema Catch-Up Club on our Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. And you can also subscribe to a feed to get an episode each and every week via iTunes and SoundCloud. But until next time, goodbye. You guys can say bye too if you want. Bye. Bye.